Hey there, we at Blue Wire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport-shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire pods, search for us on iTunes or check out bluewirepods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Blue Wire. Three on the way. Yes. Paul George nails it. For the win. Welcome back to Dunks and Discourse, Episode 9. We are rolling. Jordan is rolling. Just won the 93 championship. If you've been following the Last Dance series, which if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you are. So Jabari Davis and myself, co-host as always, on with me tonight. We are going to talk some, some Netflix. We're going to talk what we're binging, as we usually do. We're going to talk some Last Dance. And then, thank you very much, biggest turnout yet in a Google poll. Uh, we all voted on what our... Uh, respective Mount Rushmore's would be for each team in the NBA's central division. We'll do one division of podcast for the next six episodes. So before we get started, Jabari, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. You know, we just you know, as you mentioned, we just watched some some great episodes of you know of the Last Dance, and I'm actually eager to see the you know the results of that um of that Google form. Yeah, man, it's fun. I I, I really like the format that we've kind of set set into here, which is just like. Every week we get to interact with people on social media and like get to. I, I love polls. I love the discussion. The public sentiment changes so often, but it's fun to see where people are at. You you do realize you've polluted me, right? Yeah. Because when when, when I started doing this thing with you, what was that about a year and a half, maybe two years ago? Now uh, I hated polls and I didn't want to do lists and I hated rankings and all of these things. And now you know, they they, they are absolutely my thing. I almost made like I'm not. I'm getting old because I almost said like you've heard of COVID, but I gave you the Brovid, and like oh, Jesus. I, I really thought that was fire for like 30 seconds, and then I still talked about it. So I'm right on the cusp of dad, dad. I was gonna say that's a hundred percent dad because you still put it out there, you know. So it's like, well, you know, I said it. Yeah, like the hedge. I yeah. wasn't gonna say it because it's not funny, but maybe it's a little fun. Um, okay. Before we do last dance, what are you binging? Uh, same deal, you know. I'm wrapping up Boss sometime soon. I, I just motored right through it. Still loving it. Uh, quick correction: last week I said I think I said Titus Weaver. It's obviously Titus Welliver, and I think hopefully I still said it right. Um, almost caught up with Better Call Saul. Uh, wh- where are you on that one? Uh, I haven't watched the most recent season because I've been watching it when it comes out on Netflix, which I might have to get out of it. I, like I love Better Call Saul, absolutely right. love it, but I've just I haven't had uh, cable for it. I will not ruin anything, and I'll be quiet about that. And then the other one that I'm, you know, I'm still, I think, an episode behind is Killing Eve. I don't think we've talked about that one. Or is that one that you, that uh, you watched? I think we talked about it last week. You were telling me to get in on it. Ah, okay. Well, hey, there we are. Good thing you remember it, but yeah, I, I strongly recommend it. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Um, I wrapped up Last Kingdom. It was quite good. Um, I'm excited for the fifth season again. Again, not like an, an all-time great show. It's not going to be a Thrones. It's not on that level. But it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, good show, lots of action. Um, and then I, I hopped in on uh, Waco, which mm. uh, was on Netflix, and I think it's only six episodes, and I crushed three today. And man, pretty, like, I didn't know much of the backstory other, other than that it was like a cult and there was a mass shooting. But, like, I, I don't, I'm gonna have to watch the, the actual documentary and look into this, because three episodes in, all I'm feeling is sympathy for the cult members, and, like, can't believe. Once again, how badly the American government could butcher a situation. Yeah, I'm. Go- I, I'm. I won't ruin that for you either. I do realize that obviously it's a you know it's a, it's an age difference. I you know I was a kid when that was when that took place, so I do remember a, a, a bit of it. Uh, I will say, let's get, get to the end before you before you make you know a, a full judgment on it. But I will state that observation is pretty accurate. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy. Um, you know, I, not to get on here too long but in the second episode or the third episode there's a radio host and he's talking about the difference between law enforcement and and the military mm. and essentially that the job of law enforcement is to de-escalate the situation and and to leave that situation with 
uh, the least amount of people harmed possible. Whereas like a military, the military is there to inflict the most damage and pain possible to end the situation in that fashion when, when, you know, no other option is available. And, you know, and he's referring to how terribly, you know, that situation went, but man, like, doesn't that just leave a dirty taste in your mouth for how, you know, a lot of people feel about law enforcement in general. I'm going to be completely honest with you, Josh. I know, obviously, you paid attention to it at least somewhat. You know, you're an informed individual. <laughs> the, the digger you deep into our, you know, just history of law enforcement, you know, here, uh, the, the worse that taste will be in your mouth. And but that is not, just to be clear, neither one of us are saying, you know, we dislike cops or law enforcement or anything of that nature. Uh, but you all know. No, but it, and I think there's like an every pro- profession in the world has an ideal, mm-hmm. and like the stakes are different depending on what you do, right? But of course. with with law enforcement, I, I think that's a great way to put it. That is the ideal. That is your job, you know. And and he talks about you're not supposed to fire unless being fired upon, and all these things that obviously don't always happen in, in the United States of America. But yeah, I, I just thought it was well stated in general. Yeah, I, I hear you. But yeah, uh, you know, honestly, uh, uh, keep me posted on that one. I'll probably start that, you know, within the next week or so. And I love it too because I'm a Taylor Kitsch guy, and we were talking about him, begging about him in True Detective uh, last yeah. episode uh-huh. about how his character was so pointless in the grand scheme. But uh, he plays David Koresh in uh, in Waco, and he's doing a great job so far. So that's I, nice I to see. I could see him doing a good job with that one. Yeah, I'll definitely check that one out. Yeah, it's it's pretty dope. Um, yeah, and I also tr- I can't remember what the movie is called. Netflix put out a new one with like one of the girls from Riverdale. Uh, she she's working for an elder gent, and he mysteriously dies. She inherits the money. Cam Gigante kind of plays one of the bad guys, and it it, it was not good. So I'm 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 not even going to look it up and recommend it because it was a bad movie. So, but does Netflix in the states does it say like top ten in America right now? Has it started doing that? Like the, the yeah, trending? The, the, the trending stuff. They're definitely doing that. The one thing I will say about Netflix is this: for the first like three four years, however long it was, all of their movies were terrible. I'm not joking. Every single one. Now it, I, I won't say that I'll, you know most of them are good, but. I would say at least half of the ones that I check out are at least, at least you know, pretty good to you know even, even very good. So, you know, it's obvious that they're putting in some work. Yeah, they do. And sometimes there's some really good movies. Sorry, and that movie is Dangerous Lies. And it's number three in Canada right now. It's bad. Got it. I, I'm a sucker for anything with a thriller. So I get, we threw it on last night, but nah, not not good. Solid Same like here. fifteen out of hundred. Um, but let's <laughs> let's go to Last Dance. Okay, so episode five, we kind of get the uh, the shoe the shoe deal, the story on Nike, and Adidas fumbling the bag. Uh, what would life be like if A, Jordan busted, and Nike put all of that stock into him, or B, Adidas hadn't fumbled the bag? I mean, he, like, the one thing that was funny to hear him say is I, he even he stated it straight out. He's like, I like Adidas. And quite frankly, if, if you look at some of those early you know pictures of Mike prior to him obviously signing with Nike, he wore Adidas. If I'm not mistaken, I think he even went to the like the, like an Adidas camp. Um, so, I, you know, I don't know what the world would have been like, because like it, it, it's crazy to think about those two, you know, those two labels being like, you know, just you know totally swapped. And that's not to say that Nike would not have eventually been a very successful company, but there's no question in the world that Mike drove Nike. Like, you know, they, they were a startup. Uh, I think the doc even mentions that um, they anticipated or at least they hoped for a three, a three million dollar you know, return in sales for the Jordan ones. And they ended up with one hundred and twenty six million in that in that first year. Michael's oh. Nike. Yeah. And, you know, there's a couple aspects to this. Um, you know, they were talking about their marketing campaign and how they wanted him to be. They wanted to go more about the route of, like, a tennis player or a golf player, like, make him more of an individual, which, again, <laughs> kind of fed into this garbage culture that it was all him and um, that he, you know, he's got the deity icon thing that he's got today. So, I mean, good for him and good for Nike. It was a brilliant strategy, obviously, but that definitely fed into this, you know, Mike's better than everyone. Bye. What was interesting? What was interesting about that is, I, if I'm not mistaken, unless I misunderstood it, 
uh, it, it sounded as though David Falk was the one that really encouraged that. You know, because if I think the agency that he worked for at the time, like they had a background in you know tennis players and, and solo, essentially solo artists. And wasn't he the one that you know, that kind of pushed you know that pushed him not only to sign with Nike but also you know to, to kind of head in that head in that direction? Well, it seems like in the dock for sure. Oh, huh. yeah, that's crazy. I mean, that's that's great for David Falk, and that's pretty amazing for Nike. Well, I mean, it, it's a huge win, and I gotta say, like you know, we came up in different spots. Calgary's a big city. Like, I mean, we're I don't know, I think one point three million now, mm-hmm. but it's one of the most spread out cities in the entire world. It's a huge, like geographically, it's large. Um, I came up inner city Calgary. I played basketball my whole life, and and from I don't know, long before I was really, really watching basketball. When I got basketball shoes, I wanted my parents to get me Nikes, mm. and Nikes were cool. And they had that vibe, and they had that vibe without me being in the NBA market. They had that vibe without me having an older brother who might have been into, like, the culture first. I just That was just Nike was basketball and Adidas was soccer to me coming up. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, like you mentioned, we came up at different times and obviously in different places. Uh, I, I had a certain appreciation for all shoes, quite frankly, because at a certain, you know, until a certain point, my folks were just like, uh, don't even think about asking us to pay for a pair of 90 or $100 shoes. Like, that's just not going to happen. So, if I'm not mistaken, I think I got my first pair of actual Nikes. Like, and yes, we used to call them Nikes back then. Of course, we know <laughs> that they were Nikes. But I think I got my first pair um, for sixth grade for my basketball. You know, my ba- I played. You know, obviously, I, you know, both of us played growing up. Uh, but for the sixth grade team, I got you know I got my first pair. And you couldn't tell me that I wasn't gonna ju- you know jump out the gym like Jordan. Um, Nike, you know, they were master. You know, masterful at marketing. You know, whether it you know it's to kids, to adults, to men, to women, across the board. So, yeah. uh, man, I, I, that's that's taking me back a bit because I, I don't think I got a pair until like my senior year, junior high, so then grade nine. Mm. I think I got some Nike Airs that were like clean black and white, and I was so thrilled. But until that time, I'm pretty sure my parents would take me to like Walmart, and I was getting like New Balance off-brand like runners, and I was playing on the court in those for a while. Because it, it took me getting a little bit better and being a little more serious into ball, I think, for my parents to take it seriously. But yeah, no, we, did, we, we didn't have change. I wasn't getting, getting Nikes every week, that's for sure. Oh, no. Uh, wait, wait. Just to be clear, I wouldn't get them every week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, I hear you. You, you yeah. had to make those last. Yeah. Well, and I mean, to, to be honest, like, I don't know. I still have I have a few pairs now that you rotate, but I'll, I'll play in the same kicks, what, four years? Yeah. Yeah, unless take. you're playing all the time. Yeah. You know, they'll last. Once or twice a week, four years probably, give or take. Um, okay, so we have the shoe, the shoe empire. Adidas fumbles the bag. You know, we learned a bit of the Nike strategy. Then we have, you know, kind of the glaring takeaway I was left with from episode one. And obviously, you and I both so involved on social media. Like, the commentary this week felt especially stupid. Like, I, I, I felt like I tweeted an all-time low this week and seeing people claim that Jordan would average 50 today and like some of like the stupid commentary that you know we've got nothing to do and this doc is is filling the time so I get it but um, the one take that it that could come from a place of people being nostalgic and hyperbolic is that the culture in the game back then is vastly superior to the culture of the game today and as a fan I would agree with that And, and I wonder where you sit on that. I think I, I agree, and I think it ties into kind of what we've discussed, you know, over the last couple of years. Like it, I'm not as much, you know, I don't see it as quite as much of a negative, you know, in terms of to, you know, when judging to today's players, you know, being buddy buddy, you know, because the, the league has always been a you know a place for you know total camaraderie, and it it's absolutely been a family, you know, throughout. Uh, but obviously, you know, I think we're both in agreement in terms of just simply the level of animosity. The level of you know true you know, you know, you know, true hatred for your opponent it just doesn't quite seem you know seem you know, seem the same so for that type of vibe yes I agree uh, but in terms of the actual competition out there on the court I mean we're both in agreement that it, it's it's every bit as good it just it's just the league is different now yeah and I, I I don't know man like that is one thing that I, I felt envious watching the show. Um, you know, you, you see the reverence between Magic Larry and MJ. Mm-hmm. And 
the respect was there from from day one. Like you, in the early episodes, you got year two. You've got Bird talking about how he thought MJ was the best player in the game, and you know. And then we get the, we get the infamous Dream Team scrimmage where Magic is just going at Michael, and he's <laughs> sick of his shit, and he's sick of the, the, the touch fouls and all that stuff. But then you know they're still they're still boys. They they still you know got love and respect for each other. It's not like. I know every player is not going to be MJ and Isaiah, and it's probably not good that they hate each other. But it's it's nice that there was not this, and I feel like an old head that I would argue with on Twitter. But like, it's nice that they were like, you know, what? next summer when we're all free agent, we should just go on a team together, and we should just do our thing, and no one will beat us, and that will be fun. Like, I, I like that they were all fighting to be the best and win every single time, and yet they still had their respect for each other. And I don't see that covering the game today. I don't see that absorbing the NBA like I do today because it's become this brotherhood to another level where it's where it's all about just like being connected all the all the time and it's 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 more entertainment, less competition. And Josh, I'm a man completely, I'm gonna be completely honest with you. I do apologize for you know, uh, stepping on you at the end of that. Um if we had all of the access and the social media, you know, push and all of those things back then I'm going to be honest. I think it would have been the same. I I, I think of it, over time that you know, like those folks, we it it's a matter of we see this in a documentary and it's obviously crafted and you know we're not seeing everything. But those guys were partying just the same. Like it, it, here's a perfect example. Um, I don't know if you saw it right before the uh, you know right before we started recording that you know that that story. It's it's you know it's it's a thing of legend or whatever. Um, but it's probably true about. Uh, Michael taking Chuck out and uh, you know playing forty eight holes of golf intentionally, you know, while the Bulls were up two one in that series, and then he ended up buying Charles a twenty thousand dollar diamond earring. And when he was asked about it, he's like, "Hey, what'd you do that for?" And his response was, "He won't get in the way. He won't get in my way the rest of the series. It's twenty thousand dollars to me. Charles thinks we're great friends. I hate that fat fuck." <laughs> the fact the fact that they were still doing that during the series and the, and even in the you know the, I think it was the previous episode that we watched uh what was it um Mike going out and playing and and and, and playing golf with Danny Ainge that type of stuff did happen I understand where you're coming from but I'll be honest with you I I, I genuinely believe that falls into more narrative based I don't think to, I, I don't think that's true though man you like, don't think so huh? I, I get what I get what you're saying, and I'm not trying to outright dismiss you, even though it does does always feel fun to just push you to the side. But it, it it's just who who are the Pistons to any team LeBron has had? Who who are the Knicks to any team LeBron has had? LeBron played more talented teams. The way people talk about John Starks makes me want to die. I'm not talking about talent. I'm not talking about like all that. I'm, I'm talking about like they, there is a legitimate venom. They didn't like each other. Like the only team I can think of is like the Gilbert Arenas, Deshaun Stevenson Wizards, and LeBron, LeBron's Cavs. Wait, but, like, hold on, LeBron, Le, LeBron in Boston. Let, we're not going to skip over that. But like LeBron in Boston, they hated one another. Like, like let's not relitigate. But, let, but LeBron not, didn't know, hate. LeBron didn't hate them. Uh, that's yes, the thing. No man, that's the thing. The Celtics hated Braun. I don't think Braun ever hated him like that. It was it, like, I can't think of a moment where Braun was like, yeah, he wanted to beat them. And yeah, he had some big moments against those teams. And there was some animosity. And I guess in the doc, we could play that up a bit. But like, there wasn't hate, man. Like, there wasn't hate like that. And I, I, I do think the game, like, the, we've talked about this a little bit last episode, but I think that culture is missing in today's game. But, because, but, but think it, about it's it. too buddy buddy. But think, think about it. No one else hated Mike really, except for Isaiah. Uh, Mike hated Drexler just because people were <laughs> people were comparing him. Mike hated everybody, and 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 that's what kind of caused that. You know what I mean? Like like those other guys, they weren't they weren't going at Mike, with the exception of obviously Magic and Magic. You know he's earned the gravi- you know the 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 you know the gravitas to be able to do that. But the rest of those guys, they weren't going at him. He was just finding reasons to. He was finding. He was making stuff up, making up you know slights. In order to in order to go at folks, yeah, no, that it's not true. That that is definitely true. I think I, we're gonna be different on this, but yeah. and maybe I'm get, maybe I'm getting caught up in the narrative of it all. Maybe that's the part of this that has really got to me. But it it is inviting the what this doc is selling, however real or not it is, and we'll agree to disagree on that. Is is inviting, and I I think the league could use some more of that. Um, I'm here for it. 
but the chip was definitely a big part of both of these episodes. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Jerry Cross continues to get docked, but like Michael just making up shit to be mad about to get competitive is honestly I mean it, one of his greatest strengths like if you can find a way to get up every single night and destroy people because someone somewhere thinks they're uh, the thing about Clyde which this doc this did doc did Clyde Drexler dirty I mean yeah. they, they, they gave Clyde Drexler zero respect but like you know Michael hearing that someone somewhere wrote that they were kind of comparable really pissed them off and led them to demolishing them I was okay like fair it, enough it, when it comes to these ultimate competitors, it's I I would bet that it's less I, I would bet that it's more common than you think. Like Shaq famously, and I know you know this story, he famously made that story up about David Robinson, about how he snubbed him for and you know, snubbed him for an autograph and totally fabricated that story and held on to it all throughout his career, repeated it over and over and over again. Only for like a last year or the year before that, he straight out said, like, Yeah, I totally made that up. That never happened. Just needed some fuel. Yeah. He did turn up. And, and and I mean it works. I'm not even I'm not even knocking it. Like I saw people knocking it, and you know like everyone's making the Jerry Krause jokes, which fair enough about like he liked Dan Marley. So I, I went out to prove that he wasn't good and great. I mean g- good for MJ. But the Tony Cookage stuff kind of kind of bugged me because like, <laughs> that guy didn't deserve it, man. <laughs> man, he, he he caught all those strays specifically because they hated Jerry Krause. And that sucks. I'm not going to lie to you. I was actually really happy that in this second game, which, of course, I had forgotten about because, of, you know, the narrative is, is always they shut him out and he was sorry and he was, you know, scared of him. I was glad they showed that second game. But, yeah, you're, but you're exactly right. He didn't deserve any of that. It had to do with them being upset that Krause was, you know, was bragging about this, you know, you know the next young guy. And also that Krause put Scotty's money on the back burner, you know, like, as a result of it. So it, it, it was unfair from the start, but it really does. I, I was glad that they, you know, they kind of, they kind of phrase it the way it was like, yeah, you, d- don't take these Eastern Bloc guys, you know, lightly and, 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 paint them as soft or scared or anything like that just given the way that the, the uh, oftentimes their lives have have gone they're the, you know they're the the opposite of that yeah and i mean they, they did they did give you the info like his country was going through a civil war there was some stuff pretty serious stuff going on in this guy's life and i mean he, he even said i had no idea what the dynamic was but again the context of the doc sometimes is like really wacky like yeah. you know uh drexler had some very good games in that finals uh that was that was, they were overlooked you know and, and then here we get to the dream team which is the best team ever assembled at the time um and what like what is what is tony cook supposed to do yeah. And they made they made it seem like oh you know he brought it and the finals could be the final the gold medal game was going to be different like the USA one but like what thirty six points something like, like that well, yeah I mean, but, but to that point the doc's been doing that throughout like let's be no real. no for when sure it, when it talked about the ninety one Lakers I I can't even believe that I didn't get disgusted by this but the fact that it didn't mention uh, that you know, James Worthy and Byron Scott were hurt like it it basically just said like yep. Mike just rose to the, you know, rose like a phoenix from the ashes, and 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 Scotty just shut down, you know, shut Magic down. But it was like, oh, he was carrying them without his second and third best player. Okay, got it. They didn't so, even mention that Kareem was gone. No, which, no. Which, like, you might be like, yeah, he'd been gone a couple years. Why would they mention that? Because the majority of the people watching and discussing this talk don't remember or didn't watch it in real time, and they're not diehard basketball fans. And no, they like those were not the same Lakers. That that was one of my. Like the things that peeved me off, you know, in the past watching this is like they really underplay how underplay or overplay things on the court for Jordan. Now, however, to to the other end, to be fair, they were semi real mm-hmm. about some of the things that went on, um, specifically in episode six with the gambling. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> Look, I have- and the politics at the end of episode five as well. I, that was phenomenal, and I was actually really happy. I think I mentioned it on Twitter. I was really happy to see that Mike just straight out said, he's like, was it, I mean, okay, did he straight out say, yes, I was a selfish prick for doing it? No, but he says, was it selfish? Probably or possibly. I'm probably not the guy that you, you know, that you want to follow. And, of course, it's convenient to say that after the fact, like, you know, after you spent 30 years saying, be like Mike, be like Mike. But I, I can appreciate that he at least gave that much because, quite frankly, I didn't think he was going to. I thought I thought this doc was going to just you know piss you off and piss off a lot of folks, you know, like all, all throughout because I thought he wasn't going to give you anything. So I did appreciate that. 
Yeah, no, and, and like I, I, someone said to me on Twitter, they're like, you've been miserable since this thing started. Just enjoy it. And like, touche, if you don't want to hear my jokes, you don't have to follow, first of all. But the other thing is like, I have enjoyed it, man. I just like, we're not here. Like, I'm not a Jordan cheerleader. You've got a whole doc, you know, glorifying them. You've got years and years and billions of Nike dollars glorifying them. Like, I'm just here to tell from my perspective. So, and you're telling it from your perspective. And, and we're just giving some commentary. And, man, the thing is, I, I think with the politics stuff, that was not <laughs> not a great look. And Jordan did certainly... I'm torn on... you. I don't know. This is... this is, Again, we have different perspectives. I don't think everyone has a responsibility to speak up if they're not in the know. You shouldn't... I'm I'm of the belief if you you don't... If if Jordan's real reason for not saying anything was that he didn't know the man, he's not for speaking for a man he didn't know, I could hear that. But was that the real reason given, you know, the infamous... Uh, Republican sneakers line and was that the real reason because he definitely could have arranged to sit down or whatever have people reaching out to him I don't know but I, I do and this is me kind of leaning back in and giving Jordan some, some slack I, I do kind of understand I'm not putting my name on someone else's name unless I know the guy Okay, so I'll be quick about this. Yes, of course, you, you know, not everybody is obligated. And, you know, and quite frankly, when we've had this conversation before, I've even stated, like, I don't want, I don't need that from my athletes. You know, I don't need them to chime in on everything. If it's something major that hit close to home, then I would, you know, there's an expectation. But even though there's an expectation, if they don't, it's not the end of the world. Like, that's their personal choice. This was, you know, this was very clear. The guy was going up against a, a known bigot that had done all types of things to continue to oppress and suppress, you know, like, you know, the people that look like him, you know, from his general area, and he should have stepped up. That's, and that, that right there is the reason why I think he, you know, he acknowledged that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to rake him over to Coles for it. I do understand, you know, from a financial perspective and the, the Republican, I, I get that. But it was yeah. a bad look, and he should have done something about it. It's not and, the end of the world. And and touche, like, I mean, these guys aren't perfect in their athletes, and, and LeBron James and Michael Jordan have got held to a higher standard than mm-hmm. the President of the United States on many occasions. Jeez. Like, Le, Le, LeBron James did, did a god-awful job talking about China this past year. And um, it, it was frustrating seeing that from him, given, you know, how he's politically awake. He's been... You know, the majority of his career, but again, it's one moment, and people don't always stand when you want them to stand. They don't always speak when you want them to speak. So I'm not going to kill an athlete for that. I always thought that was a lame. The, the Republican sneakers comment was a lame cop out, but at the same time, I what he said in the doc today about not speaking up for somebody to know. I did kind of want to cut him a t- the tiniest bit of slack on it. That's that's my only thought. Yeah, I hear you on that. And the only thing that I'll say uh, quickly about LeBron, I stand by the thought that that he never should have been put in that position. Adam Silver and Adam Silver and 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 the leaders within the league absolutely should have stepped up in that. In that, um, I don't. I you know like look. The the funniest thing about that is I saw a lot of people saying like, oh, you can't be woke now and it, or you're woke then and not now. Yes, you can because. You're talking about international issues. We're not talking about something that actually pertains to LeBron and the community that he understands. Now, from a moralistic standpoint, could you step up and say something? You know, if you see atrocities or uh, uh, things that are appear to be atrocities, yes, you can. But it's not. It, it is not the same. LeBron speaking up for things that are close to home, and LeBron speaking up on something that he very clearly was not, you know, capable of speaking intelligently upon. Well, I mean, he could have, but he also had a lot of money invested in China. Yeah, and the league has a lot of Chinese people buy sneakers too. Yeah, they do, and I mean he could have said said that and dirtied himself. He didn't. So, um, the the problem too with with social discourse is now the second you say something, tweet something, it's recorded, and Mm -hmm. that that becomes who you are. Yes, and it it doesn't matter if if you had the perceived right opinion, you know, or should I say the quotes left opinion Mm -hmm. on the last 10 issues if if you steer to the middle or steer to the right at all or in any self-interest over the whole you're destroyed you're obliterated and and that's not fair that people should be able no one is perfect and no one is going to follow the you know the group thought all the time and it probably shouldn't so I, i again i think he handled it poorly but what what happened the destruction like the attacks on bronze character for that were it's, they were it, they were unwarranted. And they were by people that were making declarations that they wouldn't anywhere near hold themselves to the same standard. Um, yeah, 
it, it, it just becomes unfair. It, it, it just becomes unfair when you decide, when there's a body of work and you decide one moment or one quote is going to change how you feel about someone. Most of the time. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, <clears throat> Life is not that, a zero-sum game, or nowhere near as much of a zero-sum game as some people like to pretend it is. Uh, then we got so aside from the politics, we got the gambling look, and I got to say, like I don't I don't know where you are on conspiracies. We're not going to go into it, but Mike, mm-hmm. the way Mike talked about gambling, that is not a man who who didn't have a problem. That man, that, that <laughs> dude, if you're down two zero, and look, this is the thing. I'm always one saying, hey, these are grown men and women, dependent you know, whichever the athlete you know is. Uh, they have the right to do whatever they want. You're down 0-2 in a series. <laughs> you go to you go to Atlantic City and you know and, and stay there till whatever time, twelve or two or whatever the case may be. There might be an issue there. I'm not saying that that's a guarantee, but there might be a there might be a problem there. Yeah, I, I mean, the the line from Jordan. Me and my dad just wanted to get away from New York. Yeah. Like, give me a break, man. And then even worse, like towards the end of episode six, where he's like. Do I have a problem? As he's in shades with the Madrashad, looking like, <laughs> looking like somebody just hit him, or I don't even know, or he's just yeah. Is, and then, here, do yeah. I have a problem? Am I hawking my championship rings? Has my wife left me? Did am I selling the house? Uh, no, so I don't have a problem. I'm like man, that is exactly what someone who has a problem would say. I mean, like, have I have I hit rock bottom? No, so I don't have a problem. Exactly, and, and showing up, you know, for that interview in those sunglasses is exactly that. It makes me wonder a couple things. One, was that prior to him just finally acknowledging, yeah, my eyes are always going to be bloodshot. Just deal with it. You know, they're, 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 going, they're just going to be. <laughs> it, it was that the case? Um, no, nah, I'll let that go. I, 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 should, I shouldn't poke fun of that because, honestly, it does look like there's actually something wrong with his eyes. Uh, but, you know. Well, and... You know what? One of the other things this episode that I wish, like, so, you know, they were kind of honest on the politics and they hadn't commented on it and the gambling, to which I think MJ thinks he looked different than he did because everyone else was like, man, this, like, this is, I like Blackjack too, but, like, you know. Um, the, other, the other thing was they barely, the, the Jordan's Rules comes up. Shouts to Sam Smith for getting some big play here, but um, the Jordan's Rules comes up and they talk about, like, oh, yeah, he might have even struck Will Purdue. How do you not ask Jordan or Will Purdue about the practice punch? You or- were t- they, they were told not to ask about that because, honestly, uh, Steve Kerr is so, is so candid, he would have brought his up on his own. Yeah, they, I, I wish they did. And, and you can just feel his hand. You can feel Jordan's hand in this. And I, I'm not being petty. I just, I know the guy. I know the culture. And, and I just, like, the, how many times in these two episodes that did we have him shooting a three and have the announcer talking about Michael Jordan shooting a three? Like, three times in two episodes? Yes. And, like, what what do you hear all the time? Like, today, oh, Michael couldn't shoot a three today. There's no, like, M- Michael wasn't even playing, like, in the three ball. The guy's got, like, 500 threes in his career, and I think we saw half of them in these two episodes. Like, I can just hear Michael being like, make sure make sure you show me shooting some threes, kids, they don't think I can do it. Like, I, I can feel it. But here, but here's the thing, and and you know, I don't know if you've done any back any background on on docs or anything like that. It could be Mike saying that. It could also be the creator of the doc saying, you know, let's make it more relatable to the, you know to today's game so that people will you know will appreciate it more. I totally you know hear where you're coming from in terms of Mike influencing things, but and I know and I'm I'm saying this you know generally. I'm not asking you because I know the answer already. What did you expect? Like, like Mike, Mike has had is it has sat on this footage for twenty, you know, twenty five years. You're, it's not coming out unless it it, it is significantly influenced by him, uh, in order to specifically continue to uh, protect that image, protect the you know like the, the the mystery, the mystique of Mike. It honestly, at this point, I will say, just enjoy it, man, because because <laughs> you're just going to be frustrated if if you're expecting anything different. Yeah, I hear you. I I hear. You. And I I do enjoy it. Like same thing. That's where I am enjoying it. I'm just like, I'm just also gonna remember. You know, I I can't not notice these things. But like that's the other thing too. People are like, just enjoying it and happy. But like, why, why does Jordan want this out now? You know, oh, is you Jordan know is Jordan's time phase. He wants it out to to preserve and throw an extra coat of paint on the legend, icon, deity, and touchable reputation that he has. And if you were Mike. Like, let's be real. If you were Mike and you had lived your entire life the way that he's lived it, he'd probably do the same. Not saying that it's a, it's the, you know, it's it's the best of look when you take a step back and really look at what it's, you know, at what it's doing. But I get it. 
Yeah, I can. I, yeah, I can feel that. I. I mean, legacy is important, man. Legacy is important. Oh yeah. Uh, okay, so before we go to the Central Tiv- Division Mount Rushmores, so basically I put up um, a list of about ten to fifteen, depending on the team, uh, of guys you could vote for in the Mount Rushmore, uh, along with obviously another option. Voted on every team in the Central Division: so Chicago Bulls, Milwaukee Bucks, Indiana Pacers, Detroit Pistons, Cleveland Cavaliers. But before we get there, uh, a couple words from our sponsors, and we're going to talk about the way back with Ben Affleck. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they are bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day and all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online wagering solution. Guys, are you looking to last longer? Maybe even go a few extra rounds? Get to BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you, you know they're going to work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can pretty much take them anytime, matter of fact, yeah, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't even have to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in a pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of charge, free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Hey, listen, I've got a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. So I, I made you. I made you watch this movie so we can talk about it for five minutes. And you know what? I, I didn't think it was great. Um, I was surprised to see it was 84% of Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. But The Way Back, by Ben Affleck, white Coach Carter with a drinking problem. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was all right, man. It was all right. But it, it's funny. The reason that I finally caved to watch this is I made my kids at school. I made them do a movie review. And one of the kids, you know, they're 11, right? Like, so yep. they're young. He, he chose this movie, loves basketball. And uh, he, he, his, his line that stuck with me was like, one thing that I think would make this movie better was if there was more basketball and less drinking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I was like, you're not wrong, man. <laughs> you know, you hit it on the head because my note for it was that it was leaving Las Vegas meets Coach Carter. Like, oh, like, okay. like, because that's what it really felt like. He was essentially, in, in, like, and I'm going to take you to Hoosiers real quick, even though that movie is vastly overrated. We can get to that. Very, very overrated, yeah. Very overrated. Okay, so anyhow, everybody in Indiana is so mad right now for, like, just, like, wringing their hands. But anyhow, he was essentially the Gene Hackman and Dennis Hopper characters from Hoosier, just combined. I, I shockingly kind of loved the movie and and maybe look maybe i was just you know i was in need of like that feel good story that doesn't beat you over the head with the kind of like stuff that disney time you know tends to do at times yeah um so it it, it you know like as you mentioned i'm sure you're gonna get into it you like from the showing of the real struggles and you know the drinking stuff and i i really actually enjoyed this movie yeah and, and i liked it too and again like you know i'm white so I, I can't I can't speak to the race dynamic all the time, especially in the states. So what can you, but like I saw a lot of people saying when it's coming out, like I don't need another white savior movie. And so I, going into it, I was like, is that what? That was not the vibe. Like this this guy's not a savior. Like this guy's not a hero. Uh, he's a good basketball player. He has a chance to give back, and he fucks that up too a little bit. So um, that's I, I thought ex- that's exactly I thought it was why I liked it. Yeah. And it was just a real story, man. Like they're not they're not glorifying the guy. They're not glorifying the team. It's just a story about life and struggle. And there, there, there's, I mean, Ben Affleck's a good actor. He is. And I, there's lots of jokes about the guy. But but he's a good actor. And I, I thought it was an entertaining movie. I thought the pacing was kind of weird. Like when they win the game to go to the playoffs, I was thinking it was the end of the movie, and mm-hmm. there was still like forty minutes left. So. We had to watch him slam a few more beers and make some more mistakes. But the scene, the scene where he, he's going to hook up, he's having the one night stand, and he walks into the wrong house after crashing the car. That was, that was a classic. That's a classic scene, man. 
Absolutely. Like, to be honest with you, as soon as he walked in the door, I was like, that's the wrong house. That's the wrong house. 100%. When he you know, opens the refrigerator, like you, you felt it building up. It's like, no, he is in the wrong house. But then when he's using the restroom and that, you know, that big burly guy just comes walking out like, yo, what are you doing? <laughs> like, yeah, that, that, that was a great scene. Honestly, the, one of the reasons why I really liked it, like on top of it not beating you over the head with all the, you know, all the usual like, you know, Disneyfication like you know, like uh, of topics like this, is specifically what you said. It it, it didn't have the white savior, uh, you know, vibe. It, you know, it was kind of like the you know like the anti white savior. But also, I love the fact that in spoiler alert, whatever we always talk about that. I love the fact that they did not tie it, you know, tie a pretty little bow on it. Like if they had let him, if they had let him go to the championship game and then whether he was coaching actively or just like sitting on the side that would have actually pissed me off and the fact that they didn't do that it it like like i said i i i've got it as you know in the high 70s yeah and i i would probably say like 68 67 it, it was a decent movie did you like coach carter like are you a coach carter fan it was okay i love coach coach carter it, it was fine you know it was i mean I, I watched it when i was like coming up and really playing ball so that's mm-hmm. part of it but um but yeah, I don't know. And and the thing is, like, if the truth, if the story was that he got his act together and he somehow got back in time for the championship game, and that's how history went, I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Like, part of the the, uh, the conversation with like the savior conversation is like, if it's historically accurate, it's historically accurate. Like to your comment, if if he did get get back and he wasn't the coach, but he got to sit and cheer for the team, that would have been a nice happy ending for me. I would have been okay with it. Mm-hmm. But if they change that. To make him more of a hero, and really he remained an alcoholic and never had any dealings with the team again, then that would have pissed me off when I learned about it down the line. You know what I mean? More often than not, that is the case. So that yeah. yeah. No, but I think it was okay. It, it, it wasn't bad at all. It was much better than I thought going in. Yeah, you, you, you know, I was fighting it. I was like, uh, to be honest with you, I had already did, I had already worked on it. Like, all right, I'm gonna have to let him know. Look, he can pick one one week, then I got to pick one the next week because all these all these new movies that suck, I'm tired of them. But then I said, okay, it, it was pretty good. Well, in fairness, Birds of Prey is the only one that I made you watch oh, that you really did like. so bad. Uh, <laughs> okay, so let's do Mount Rushmore's. Let's All let's right. run through these. Yeah. So, like I said, we'll, we're going to do Central this week. What division do you want to do for Thursday? Uh, let's do Atlantic. Okay, we'll do Atlantic for Thursday. So we'll do Central today. Um, so Chicago Bulls, right? So I will give you the honorable mention, then the four, then the three, then the two, then the one. Okay. Okay. So the honorable mention for Indiana was uh, Danny Granger. And then their Mount Rushmore, the Indiana Pacers Mount Rushmore was Ron Artest, Jermaine O'Neal, Paul George, and Reggie Miller. This was the hardest of the five for me to vote for, I felt. Same here. Like, like totally same here. Um, because I was, you know, I was biased in terms of, you know, obviously watching Jermaine O'Neal, watching all of Reggie Miller's career, obviously watching Ron Artest, you know, a game, Metam World Peace. Uh, but I ended up leaving some of those guys out and, and, and going with the older guys that were a little bit more accomplished, even, even whether it came in the ABA or the NBA, because it was with the franchise. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, I feel like being an Indiana fan would be the worst. Like, being a 50-year-old Indiana Pacers fan would be the absolute... Like, your team has been good mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. They have never been great they maybe were close for a couple years in like the late 90s. They were close to great, but then they had Jordan. Yeah. And and the best player you've ever had is Reggie Miller, mm-hmm. who is a really good player in that like top 50 to 65 range. It's just like it's so unrewarding for the amount of success they've had. They haven't been that successful. And when I was looking through this list, like – Mel Daniels was someone who won an ABA MVP, mm-hmm. and I was like, how do you uh, account for that? And then they had George McInnes, who's Hall of Famer, and he, he was actually right behind Danny Granger. But then you're looking at, like, Ron Artest only gave him four years. Paul George might be the best player, like, from a peak perspective they ever had, but he left on the worst of terms. Jermaine O'Neal was pretty good for a few years, but injuries ravaged him. Like, they got a pretty tough mix yeah, like if if we're being real, but the majority of the, well, no, all of their success was in the ABA, as you mentioned it. You know, George McGinnis, you know, the, the ABA, uh, Mel Daniels. You know, like I, I noticed he had a season where he put up nineteen and sixteen, was great, three time ABA champion. He's also a Hall of Famer. Uh, but 
yeah, in terms of the actual success at the NBA level, you know, as you stated, that's got to be frustrating. They're always, you know, it, it's a, it's the eternal, you know, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Like they're always competitive, but they, you know, whether it's coming up against, you know, coming up against Mike or coming up against Kobe and Shaq later on or coming up, you know, against, you know, some of those Knicks teams. They they just always were just a step, you know, just a little bit short. It, like, and, and I feel bad because like we talk about rings culture not wanting to like put all the gravitas there but but Reggie Miller went to the conference finals six times mm-hmm. that's I mean that's nothing to scoff at but at the same time like for that to be the pinnacle of your franchise when you've never had like an all-time all-time like that's frustrating and even even the year against the Lakers when they get to the finals I mean that Pacers team wasn't that good man like yeah. it, it was just that, like for as much as people beg on the bronze east like that, the East post Jordan sucked too. The East with Jordan sucked. The East just been bad since Bird. It's been it's been rough. It has yeah. been rough since honestly since the eighties. Like they they've, they've had some peak years. They've had you know a couple stretch you know a couple stretch years and whatnot. But by and large, since the eighties, the East has been rough. Yeah, it has. Um, okay, so let's go Chicago. All right. So the Bulls they had Artis Gilmore finish fifth, which. I mean, we're going to talk about this again. It's like, again, I think both of our followings are, are younger mm-hmm. in the grand scheme. Like, I think the user base on Twitter is also younger, so that always factors in. But that's another really, really great ABA player who maybe that factored into him. Not getting in. Then they had Dennis, Dennis Rodman, Derek Rose, almost said Malik Rose, Scotty Pippen, and Michael Jordan, obviously. Interesting. So... I do recognize the love that, you know, Chicago fans and that, you know, just, you know, just a certain portion of folks have for Derrick Rose. I recognize it. It's the reason why I had him in my honorable mention. But it's diff- I, I can't put, you know, Derrick Rose, even with, you know, what he did and even with the, the you know, disappointing way that it was kind of taken away from him. I can't put him in there over Artis Gilmore. It's tough, man. I, I really went back and forth. I felt like Horace Grant was really disrespected. Like I, like Rose's MVP is 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 amazing. That was an amazing season. He was fantastic and polarizing when he was young. Yeah. But he his career is so short. Like Gilmore's what like a ten time All Star. Yeah, eleven time All Star. Yeah. Play, 11, you know, all, I think all with the Bulls. And and the other thing is like I don't know, man. Like what 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 is a championship? Like you're only the Bulls because of what. Uh, someone made a joke earlier in this week. I had a stat: the only two players in NBA history that have the top ten scoring seasons, respectively, for their franchise are Michael Jordan and LeBron James. And someone was like, "Oh yeah, but LeBron played for Cleveland." Well, take Michael Jordan away from Chicago, and how much nicer is the Bulls? Are the Bulls? We're too quick, honestly. We're we're far too quick to say, "Oh, but it was just this." Oh, it was just, like, <laughs> like the whole the whole thought of you know. And, and I I hear I heard you in terms of like how annoying that narrative was. Where so it was, annoying. Where it was, oh well, Mike only played against plumbers. Stop it! Shut up! Either watch what actually took place, or don't talk to me about <laughs> about basketball. Just like it's the same thing on the flip side. Look, Mike would still be Mike, but it's not like it. it I can't I can't sit here and say he would average fifty. These guys are great as well. These guys are all time greats as well, and they're and they're going up against it. Yeah. So like the, the you know, that whole back and forth is is just silly. But my thing is, but like my thing is like the the the, the Bulls' whole identity as a great basketball team is the six titles they win with Mike. Yeah. But they probably don't win those three if they don't have Horace Grant. Like he's the best big on the roster in, in a time where. Bigs were still prevalent, and you needed someone in the middle, and you needed someone to bang. And, like, well, he got criticized for that, not unlike Pau Gasol, not unlike Chris Bosh. He was their guy, and I, he gave that team some good years. I, I, I know Dennis Rodman was the latter three, and I know Gilmore had the great years in rows, but I, I, was, I really felt like I had Horace Grant, Dennis Rodman, Pippen, and Jordan. Because I felt like the titles were the biggest part of their history, and I don't have a problem with honestly with you having uh, you know Ho Grant instead of Artis Gilmore. But you know, yeah, yeah, actually, that's that's a in terms of uh, as you mentioned him being disrespected. I didn't I didn't place enough respect on his name, so he probably he should have been there in there at the very least one of the honorable mentions. What, what killed have. what killed me though is like because I told people to vote for four. And so there's like almost 700 voters, mm. and Horace Grant only took 19 votes. Oof! So like, 
Yeah. Yeah. That, okay. Yep. Yeah. Then that's disrespectful. Joakim yeah. Noah and Lou Deng both got more votes than Horace Grant. Which then we can move on to the next team. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Milwaukee. So they had two real easy ones too. But okay, so their honorable mention was Sidney Moncrief. Mm-hmm. Then they had Ray Allen, Oscar Robertson, Giannis, and Kareem. Okay. Okay. So let me ask you. Let me just ask you this. Why does Ray Allen deserve to be in there before Sidney Moncrief, who, you know, is a five-time All-Star, five-time All-Defensive Player, two-time Defensive Player of the Year, five-time All-NBA guy for that for that franchise? Yeah, I think that was uh, like Ray Allen is a better player all time. Of course, right. So, and he's more memorable, and again, maybe the age dynamic, and it was close. Ray Allen only had about 40 more votes than, than Sidney Moncrief. Okay. But I, Moncrief meant more to that franchise. And he was on some 60-win teams in his day. And, and, and Ray wasn't on. Like, he had that 101 team that I have talked about before with you where I think yep. things go differently. But, I mean, Ray Allen was a multiple-time All-Star in Milwaukee. He was averaging 20 points. He's a very good player. I get it. But I think I think Moncrief meant more to that franchise. So you know how you talked about like guys that were being disrespected, and the reason why I bring this up is because I saw people disrespecting this guy, saying like, "Oh, well, he was you know he sucked by this time." The the the, the conversation that was centered around Oscar Robertson kind of you know frustrated me because I thought like, okay, well, all you got to do is just even if you didn't see him play, which obviously none of us saw him play, you can like with as much as folks like to just go, "Hey, look at these numbers," or, or "Hey, look at the you know, you know look at this information for context." You can still kind of do that. Like while yes, his greatest years, you know, by far came in Cincinnati. Uh, he still played a secondary role on that '71 title team, and he was a two-time All-Star with you know while with the team. So, I I he, felt like he was being disregarded and just like you know said it, it it was just stated like ah yeah what basically he was thrown in the yeah he played back then you know box. My my thought honestly, and I mean we might do this if we get told there's an official offseason, which it doesn't look like we will, so that's nice. But um, when we get to like my. And, and remind me, because we'll come back to this as, as a show topic, but my two most overrated players of all time are Jason Kidd and Oscar Robertson. But, you, but, I, but I still... We'll I still come back to it. Yes. I still had to have Oscar Robertson for the same reason I talked about the Bulls, like the only title in franchise history he was a large part of, mm-hmm. a team that won 66 games and won the title. You have, you have to. You, you have to have him there. I agree. I agree. Um, Detroit. So, Detroit Pistons. They're just their honorable mention, Bill Ambeer. Okay. Uh, their fourth was Joe Dumars, Ben Wallace, Chauncey Billups, Isaiah Thomas. So, why do the guys that won one ring deserve to be in there over Joe Dumars? I recognize that a lot. No, of no, Dumars don't. made it. Oh, he did. Oh, okay. No, but okay. So Bill Lambier was the honorable mention, and then it was their their uh, Mount Rushmore is Joe Dumars, Ben Wallace, Chauncey Billups, Isaiah Thomas. Okay, I'll throw another one out at you. Rodman was a two-time champ, a defensive player of the year. In his last two years, they averaged 18.7 rebounds and 18.2 rebounds, respectively. I feel like Rodman going to the Bulls almost hurt him here. No, but that's the thing. That's how great he was. He should be on both. No, I know, but I'm, I'm saying from like a perception standpoint. Ah, uh, got it. I think the fact that we're, we're watching this doc, the world's watching this doc before we do this poll, and people remember him because the Chicago Bears were more at the end of his career, and more people were watching basketball and all those things, but... Uh, you're right. Like, I mean, spent the majority of his career in Detroit. He was an all-star two times in Detroit. He led the league in rebounding three or four times in Detroit. You know, two titles in Detroit. I, I get all of the arguments. He, he probably should be here. It, uh, did, did you have the same as theirs? I, I did, though. I did agree. I, I The thing is, like, you already have Isaiah and Dumars from those teams. I know. <laughs> yeah. But but they, but they won two. They won two of them. Almost three, yeah. Almost a third. Yeah. No, I mean it, it's fair. If Hell, you want to punt, a fourth. Are you? Are you? Who did you punt then? Did you punt Ben or Chauncey from? I Dennis? punted Ben. You punted Ben. And I, and I do and and I was back and forth on Ben and Chauncey and obviously Ben had the you know uh, you know defensive player of the years and rebounding and all of that but you know I'm a sucker for a Finals MVP. I'm a sucker yeah, for that for that 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 that, uh, that peak at that moment. Ben Wallace, four defensive players of the year for them, man. Hey, you know what? It's gonna be okay. Four. Detroit Detroit fans be mad. That's okay. <laughs> I don't think I don't think any Detroit fans be mad, but it's that's that's a tough call, man. It, it, it is. Call. And 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 you know, a month from now, if we had the same conversation, I could see myself going, ah, well, you know, Ben probably should be there. So I 
you know, as I was making the list, I was trying to like add every, I didn't want to leave off anyone that anyone could be like, why isn't so-and-so there? Mm-hmm. Like, even if they were going to get like 10 votes, I tried to add them, you know, and, and for that's like, I think Indiana, I had like 16 names and for Milwaukee, I only needed 10, but <laughs> Andre Drummond getting like 32 votes that and granted like 700 something people voted, but like the people who voted for Andre like why? Like, Andre why? Drummond why? got got twice as many votes as, as Ho Grant. Yeah, he did. He cool. got more votes for the Pistons than Ho cool. Grant got for Chicago. Cool, cool, cool. Um, and Grant Grant Hill got quite a few votes too, which is he was he was an interesting wild card. He finished just behind Limbier for the honorable mention. Hall of Famer. He was a five time All Star with the team. I and, you know from a sentimental standpoint, I get it. You know, I really really wish he had never gotten hurt uh, in order to see kind of where his career might have gone. Um, but yeah, I get it. If you're if you're a Pistons fan, that that's one of your guys. And I think Grant Hill really benefits from the like what he could have been yes. more than just about any other player. Yes, like he could have been, and you know, maybe maybe not. But another another time, another day. Uh, last one we have Cleveland. So the Cavaliers, actually, they were the shortest list because this was fairly clear cut. So their honorable mention was Larry Nance Senior. Mm-hmm. Um, he just beat up like. Uh, actually, Zydrunas Agelskis, Kevin Love were not far behind him. So okay. they're pretty tight on the outside. And then their Mount Rushmore is uh, Brad Doherty, Mark Price, Kyrie Irving, and LeBron James. So uh, the, only switch, the only swap that I had, um, and it's not fair, but Kevin Love was a part of a championship team. He's also been a two-time All-Star while he's been there. I swapped him and Mark Price. I had Mark Price as my honorable mention. Oh, really? See, I swapped already in love. Because oh, okay. I, 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 I had, I, it was LeBron, Price, Irving were for sure in. And then the thing was like, Doherty, well, yeah, he was a five-time All-Star, but he had a really short career. And I mean, love love contributed to the, the glory. Yeah. You know, like it, it was the greatest era of basketball for them and they won a title. So I had to. And I, I feel like this is not not when you're doing the all-time top 50, not when you're doing the pyramid, not when you're voting on all NBA teams. When you're talking about a team's Mount Rushmore, feelings, emotions, years served, they matter more than, you know, in any of the other discussions. Yeah, absolutely, because you're, you're basing it upon what they did for that particular organization. Totally get that. If you were to do a hypothetical, like, all-time central team, what would it be? Not the central team, but, like, the Rushmore. Uh, so, so just my top four for the central. Yeah, that's a, that's a good. You put me on the fly here. So LeBron James. I got you. You want me to go first? Yeah, go first. So of course Jordan's there. Like that's not a question whatsoever. Uh, of course LeBron's there. That's not a question. I've got Zeke, and then the next one was a tough one because I've got two guys that I want to put there, but it's got to be Rodman, the five titles. No, 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 no. You already butchered this. Why? Because you can't. You left off Kareem. Oh shit! You're, you're okay. I did butcher it. Yeah. <laughs> but but five, but look look but but you know what I mean? Like we're, I'm not leaving off six time champion Kareem. I'm not leaving off. I'm leaving off one time one time champ Kareem, four five time champ Dennis Rodman, because that like that, that's where and that's where oh I see I was, I I was glad the, and I was glad the way that you broke that down when you said it's based upon what they did in the in that division. Yeah, I, I mean, how many MVPs did he win when he was in Milwaukee though? I think he won three. Yeah, I mean, three-time MVP winner. He's probably the best player over the seven, eight years he was the there. The answer's yes. I, fu- I fucked it up. But <laughs> but but it, Rodman is not crazy. Like, it's not crazy to have him in there, specifically because he got five. Yeah, okay. And, and see, like now that we've clarified that, I was going to punt Zeke. I was going to get rid of Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Not because Jordan asked me to. I'm not on the, the Jordan <laughs> take. But um, I was going to put Giannis in because I think Giannis is already a better player at his peak. But, like... Factoring in like everything they've done for the division, I think it is obviously Bron Jordan. I'll do Kareem and Isaiah. I'm not mad at that. Yeah. Everybody and then knows, Pip, Pippen would be I'm my honorable Kareem. mention. Yes, exactly. Everybody knows I'm a Kareem homer, so it's not a matter of disrespect towards him. It's based upon the you know the stipulations. And again, based on this game, and we'll have to add this game for the rest of them as we go. Indiana could shaft it. They got no one. Sorry, Reggie. Sorry, guys. I mean, you know, we're not talking about the ABA days. You know what, and and you know before we wrap up, shouts to to Ben Taylor who get, has the best stats available on his site um, at LG thirty five. 
but I was listening to his podcast and he was kind of breaking down like all these like crazy numbers about like Ray Allen and Reggie Miller and uh, Clay Thompson. He's basically just really deep dive on how they're different, who is best, and like then he was talking about his greatest scores ever on the next spot. And I think maybe I have underestimated uh, Reggie Miller somewhat all the time. So shouts to Reggie. Maybe maybe we do you badly because you do do us badly on the broadcast. I don't know. Dude, that's totally the case. Like, there's yeah, a lot of those of guys that because we don't like their analysis, we st- and it's not on purpose. I don't, or at least I don't think it's on purpose. We just inherently start thinking like, you know what? You you weren't even that good, <laughs> and it's stupid. But it's I think it's natural. Well, that's going to do it for us. We, we will do the Atlantic um, on Thursday, so tune in then. Please like, rate, and subscribe to the show. Take a moment. We need to get some dramatic. We need to talk to production. We need to get some dramatic music. Like, like, please just write us a review. We really appreciate it. Bump those numbers up for us. Keep it coming. Um, I'm on Twitter at Josh Everly. Jabari's on Twitter at Jabari Davis NBA. And do not forget, Jabari has created a podcast for the show at Dunks Discourse. Uh, we'll see you Thursday.